Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you are listening to this episode. I am coming to you with a new mic! Yay! This one already sounds so much better to me, and I don't have to sit with a blanket over my head to mask out the sound of my room. My last mic had an insane echo if I didn't do that. So for anyone else out there who records podcasts or other audio, do you find that you do the strangest things to get a good sound? I would be hot, I wouldn't be able to breathe, and my hair would be in my eyes, but I ended up with a better sound. Was it worth it? I really don't think so. Anyway, fun fact, you can now picture me recording the last few episodes hiding in a sweaty blanket fort talking about behavior like the professional lady that I am. I mean, moving along. For today's episode, I want to take a look at operational definitions, how you define behavior. This episode is only going to be a few minutes from start to finish, so let's get started. Welcome to the Jess Talks ABA podcast with me, I'm Jess, a BCBA who is still trying to navigate the big world of applied behavior analysis. Join me as I try to break down common topics of applied behavior analysis and attempt to make things make just a little more sense. Let's talk about operational definitions. Why are they important? What are they? If you have been listening to this podcast in the order that I have uploaded each episode, by now you should know the seven dimensions of applied behavior analysis. You should be able to tell the difference between operant and respondent behaviors and operant and respondent conditioning and know the four functions of behavior. But how do we define behaviors? We define behaviors by using operational definitions. Operational definitions fall under the dimension technological and the seven dimensions of applied behavior analysis. This means that the definition is written in clear, easy to understand terms that allow someone that has zero experience with the behavior to be able to observe the behavior and by following the operational definition, they will be able to determine whether the behavior qualifies as the target behavior or not. When we write operational definitions, they must be observable repeatable, and measurable. And operational definitions are objective. That means that instead of saying that someone is upset or angry, we will define what that looks like by defining what we see or what is observable. For example, instead of saying that someone is upset, we can say that Johnny stomped his feet and cried. Operational definitions are helpful because it makes collecting data easier. If you have a clear definition of what the behavior is, you can better record whether it occurred or not. It takes the guesswork out of trying to determine if something qualifies as a behavior. And collecting data on a behavior is important before an intervention starts, like your baseline data, during an intervention, and following an intervention. By having a well-written operational definition, the data that we collect on the behavior using that definition will allow us to determine if the target behavior has changed throughout the course of the intervention. So let's take a look at what it means for a behavior to be observable and measurable by looking at some examples. If I wanted to be healthier, that is not observable. How do we know if I am engaging in healthy behavior? you really wouldn't know, or at least you wouldn't be able to accurately take data on my behavior. Instead, I could say that I would like to eat two cups of vegetables with every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
This provides you with the behavior that you can measure by simply looking at whether I ate two cups of vegetables with each meal or not. Now let's take a look at an operational definition that you may see in a learning environment. Let's say a child speaks out when they are not called upon in class during teacher-led activities, and we are going to define this behavior as speaking out. So an operational definition may include the label of the behavior, the definition, and examples and non-examples of the behavior. So let's break this one down. Our label will be speaking out in class. The definition of speaking out in class is Speaking out in class is defined as any time that the child makes a vocal statement or sound when not called upon by his teacher during teacher-led activities. Examples. When the class is presented with a question by the teacher, the student provides an answer at or above conversational level when he is not called upon to answer by his teacher. Some non-examples. Speaking out in class does not occur during independent work time. If the child is reading assignments to himself quietly at his desk below conversational level, or if the teacher asks him a direct question and he answers that question. And you can use operational definitions for both the target behavior, meaning the behavior that you want to change, and the replacement behavior, which is the behavior that you would like to see the person engage in instead. So let's say that instead of speaking out in class, we want this child to raise their hand before answering a question and wait until they're called upon. This would be what we would call our replacement behavior. So let's break this one down. So our label here is raising hand to answer questions. The definition is raising hands to answer a question occurs when a teacher asks a question, the student raises their hand to answer the question and waits until they are called upon by their teacher before providing the answer. I'm not going to include an example here because it was pretty straightforward in the definition, but our non-example is raising hands to answer a question does not occur if the child raises their hand to answer a question, but provides their answer before the teacher calls upon them to answer, or if they provide the answer without raising their hand or being called upon. And these are just two short examples of operational definitions, but it can apply to so many other behaviors that we engage in every day. The repeatable portion of operational definitions essentially means that we can observe this behavior on more than one occasion and continue to collect data on these behaviors. And by having operational definitions, we allow for a better understanding of what behavior is or is not. We allow for the behavior to be measured, and it allows us to better track the progress of our interventions. Remember that operational definitions are objective, meaning that we only define what we can see, not what we think is happening. And operational definitions are also observable, measurable, and repeatable. And when writing operational definitions, you can provide a label of the behavior, the definition, examples, and non-examples. And there you have it. I'm going to leave it at that for this episode, and I'm going to talk more about the different types of measurement that you can use to record behavior in my next one. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Jess Talks ABA podcast. As always, you can find me on Instagram at JessTalksABA. That's at Jess.Talks.ABA. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you in the next one.